Welcome to the Filament Games Podcast, a show dedicated to game-based learning. Here are your hosts, Brandon Pitzer and Dan Norton. I wish Abby could narrate more parts of my life. Like that would be nice. Waking up in the morning, like you know, getting coffee, just having Abby sort of announce those things, as things are going to happen. It'd be very life-affirming. Yeah. It's yeah. just so bright and cheerful. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. Hi. Today, we're talking about changes to Hearthstone. Yes. Which have devastated They've us. rocked the rocked. community. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Shook the very rafters <laughs> of the games community. I don't even know what, what a card is anymore. <laughs> what is digital scarcity? <laughs> uh, and then we have another thing. Um, that we want to talk about, which is Amazon's new game engine that uh, they've launched. Yeah, all the, right. We're just we're we're diving into controversies today. Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, actually, so, I have one other very short controversy I want to get out of the get out of the way. I'm going to add it to the script right now. Okay, there's been a lot of discussion around filament about which is the best Shanahan. <laughs> What's the best Shanahan? Which is the best Shanahan? <laughs> and it's it's actually the results are in. Yeah, it's Cat Shanahan. All right. Yep. So all of Cat's siblings and relatives, sorry guys, Cat Shanahan's the best Shanahan. They should just retire. Yep. From Shanahanery. Yeah, I think Shanahanigans. That's. I tried to stop, but man, <laughs> uh, oh, it feels so good. It's contagious. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. controversy one. Put to bed. Settled. Settled. <laughs> Put to bed. Other Shanahans, you can come here and fight me if you must, but that's how it is. <laughs> come at me, Shanahans. <laughs> fight uh, me IRL. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about what Blizzard has done to us. Yeah. The latest thing they've done to us. Okay. We should probably explain the thing we want to talk about before we start talking about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> All right. as uh, many of you almost certainly know by now, if you play Hearthstone, there has been the announcement of a dividing of the Hearthstone card format into a long-form version that will be called Wild Mode, uh, which will allow all cards ever created to be played, and then Standard, uh, which obviously has a relationship to how many other card games like Magic, etc., uh, have a rolling season where mm. older groups of cards are retired as new ones come in. Mm-hmm. And... For many card games, this is essential to create a healthy format to uh, make sure that the problem space inside the game doesn't continue to get expanded with unexpected ramifications of combos or sets of cards that become more and more gnarly. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also gives them a more graceful way to back out of some boo-boos, like cards that are maybe a little too powerful, but if they... If they uh, nerf them down, a lot of people will be sad because they spent a lot of time and effort acquiring that card through dust, etc. Sure, so sure. The simplest way I think about it is they must have said, like, well, this is a great way to get rid of Dr. Boom. Right. Right. Yeah. That is everything, all the coverage I've seen about it has said an awful lot of Dr. Boom mentions. Yeah. Also, I say- He's a notorious I, doctor. I don't often think of myself as having a Midwestern accent, but uh-huh. it all fixes, fixates around the word boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boom. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I don't say boom or I don't even know what else you can say. Boom. Every time I, I that's the word that people I get called out for yeah. for my Midwestern accent when I say boom. They're just like go back to your chickens. Yeah, go back to your chickens and your 
and your, your bums your bums your, your yeah so anyway sorry i guess that's a super not interesting tidbit about my life i hope you enjoyed it <laughs> we need a jingle for those yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super boring tidbit about dan yeah that's the that's the core premise and so there's obviously as precedent in other card games it's mm-hmm. not like this is a crazy idea that no one's ever done right um but it's definitely rocked the users. I will speak as a casual player because that's what I am. And for me, I don't know. The appeal of Hearthstone was that you could, if you ha- if you really wanted to, be a completionist, mm-hmm. which with a game like Magic is like a prohibitively expensive yes. and time-consuming yes. endeavor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with Hearthstone, it was actually kind of viable, right? Um, so like, help me understand this. Are they, are there going to be cards that you can just simply no longer get through any means? Um, no, you'll still be able to craft any old card you want out of dust. Okay. There is not going to be any limit of, they're not going to, but you will not be able to acquire old packs with, which have those cards, which I I thought was notable. Okay. Um, and it's also not like, well, I guess it's sort of like paper card games because it gets harder to find packs but they right. don't disappear yes. entirely they don't just vanish from like, the earth i can cross the street and buy packs from five years ago for magic from mm-hmm. a store that will charge me appropriately sure but uh they don't they're just not gone okay um, yeah so the cards will still exist but what will really change is that you will not be able to play them unless you specifically select the wild format i see so then for for players that are like trying to stay competitive mm-hmm. it that becomes kind of a it, there's a little bit more maintenance there to to keep their decks competitive yes so like you can you can spend a bunch of dust and try to get a nice deck and then eventually like within a few months i would assume that deck will be basically outdated as far um, as the standard game is concerned well i think the way to think of it is it like so like one set of cards will fade the tail end will fall off and okay. then a new set will come on so if you've just bought some new fresh minty cards from a new uh expansion set mm-hmm. those will last you for i think a year okay oh, a significant amount of time all right um it's not like they're going to be gone next month and uh it's just that the cards will have a cycle in which they get used and I mean, to draw the parallel again to Magic, right? If you play standard Magic, they yeah. they roll out a new expansion every, you know, some... Oh, gosh, I don't know if there's a fixed schedule, but it seems like they come out every three, four months or, or so. Okay. Uh, they come on at a pretty regular pace. Okay. And then the ones from last year usually start falling off the edge. And if you want to stay competitive playing standard, it actually costs quite a bit of money. Uh, new cards quickly get speculated as being powerful and get snapped up and sure then they get cheaper when they fall out the other side uh, but then there's also i mean you know magic has many many formats of play and right. so there's also modern uh vintage uh okay. commander which is the best type of magic <laughs> i will take your word for that it is all right yeah so the cards have value in different ways for different formats but i see it is it's sort of known that it's like if you want to play a modern deck in magic you're like okay i'm going to pay you know, some hundreds of dollars to get a decent modern deck. Sure. But the nice thing about that is that deck is pretty much good to go. Okay. Until you're sick of it, you can probably play that deck. Uh, whereas if you invest in standard consistently, 
you have a ongoing maintenance fee to keep that deck running. So as you're explaining this to me, I'm more and more inclined to just set down my pitchfork. Uh-huh. <laughs> because it seems kind of reasonable. But, you know, I think from a game design perspective, I think it's just interesting to kind of take a product that's mature mm-hmm. like Hearthstone and make this kind of fundamental yes. change to it. Yes. Um and I'm I'm trying to think of other examples of when that might have happened in the world of game design where there is kind of a fundamental overhaul. And I don't know if that's like unique to Blizzard games. I, I guess say, you know, I could think of Diablo, right? Diablo they, came to mind as like the holy cow, this is a new game. Yeah, and you know, and, and also throwing out the the auction house, I think, was another yes. similar move where yes. it was a dramatic shift mm-hmm. from what they had said. Yeah, um, I think yeah. If there's anything that was a naughty thing, is that Blizzard had already sort of set up and proposed their microtransaction system, right? They're like, here's how you get gold, here's how you get mm, packs, yeah, and here's the value of a pack in dollars, and these are what the cards are and what they do, right? And now what a card is has this new thing attached to it and it expires. And I think for a lot of people, one of the promises of a digital format that makes it better than collecting shards of cardboard is mm-hmm. that it's forever. Yeah, right. It's pristine and perfect and it's indexable and it doesn't go anywhere. And now now the fact that it's artificially going somewhere yep. after people have invested lots of dollars I think that part's kind of the crappy part. Everything else makes perfect sense to me. The actual system, how they've implemented it. I do have some questions about, I don't know whether, maybe you know this, Mm -hmm. is ranked play standard or can you also do ranked wild? I don't know. Um, I don't know if you can climb the ladder in wild. See, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering about that myself because that actually would, that's, that's a fairly significant, like, (laughs) depending on whether or not that's the case. Yeah, that would... That would be a severe blow overall to the value of cards if wild is not allowed to be used in constructed ranked play. Yeah. If I'm, you uh, can't do a ladder with those cards, that would be my guess, actually. Uh, right. Then those cards now become just for fun playing with friends or in the zero stakes unranked uh, modes. So, well, it does look like you can still do both. Oh. Um, it says, in terms of gameplay, nothing is changing for Wild. You can finish quests, earn gold, rank up on the ladder, get card backs, get legend rank. Oh. Well. Well, this isn't even, let's, I mean, let's yeah. just throw this whole conversation out. <laughs> this <Man>. is nothing. <laughs> yeah. So there's, yeah. So other than. Interesting. Yeah. Then your arguments for why this is outrageous and this is a slap in the face to the community would be like. It's even hard to find them, really. Like yeah. they're they're dividing the community. Right. I don't think so. I don't. It may be a little. I don't. Maybe know. not significantly. Yeah. Not in a way that will bother anyone. Yeah. What's funny is that you know this is a lesson actually Blizzard should have done if they just instead of turning how it's done now as is saying like oh we've turned that into wild and that's the exotic mode and that standard right. is the normal mode yeah if they had just instead said like oh we're 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 unveiling seasons yeah like they do in diablo you right say we're, uh, seasons of play and now cards have a if you want to play in a shifting seasons and and presented that as the sideline that's fun and interesting yeah people would have been like hooray new feature instead it feels like what they know is being taken away from them so this is it's really just like a messaging fail isn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> and then, actually there's a uh in blizzard's past this is actually one of my favorite anecdotes is uh 
in about just how, how messaging rewards and and penalties in games is so weird is that uh, early on in World of Warcraft's development, there was a fatigue bar. Because they didn't want players, you know, playing until their eyes bled out. They wanted to have some kind of constraint to, like, encourage you to do things other than. Uh, so they're like, well, after you play for a while, let's uh, let's make your experience bar change color and indicate that you're tired. And that mm. you should probably go, I think at the time you're going to rest at an inn to, like, you know, for get that stored back up. Okay. And people were like freaking out. Being right. Like, how dare you <laughs> tell me what to do with my time? I'm sure. a power player and you're punishing me for being a power player. That's like when you play the Wii, mm-hmm. you'd like get those constant modal pop-ups that are just like, hey, you, you should go outside. You should go outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, what Blizzard did is they're like, okay, well, sorry, we were just kidding. We didn't mean, we're, there's no penalty. But if you are logged out for a certain amount of time, we'll give you a, Rest bonus. Mm, so essentially they took the same mechanic and just inverted it yes. from like, this is a punishment to this is a right. reward. They just identified, this is the norm and now it can get better. Yeah. And people were like, hooray, <laughs> incentivized. <laughs> oh man, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm going to make sure each of my characters is resting in the appropriate place to right. maximize my bonus. <laughs> Thanks, Blizzard. Right. You know, so. Yeah, uh, the, it becomes a gift. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, so community management. Yeah, a little bit of a misstep for them, but I think it'll be fine. I, I would say, you know, for me, I I'm a pretty casual collector in Hearthstone. Occasionally, an expansion. I like. I really like doing the new expansion adventures. I like grabbing those cards, and I like sometimes as a card that I think is pretty inspiring, and I want to noodle around with a little bit. But I'm not very competitive. Not okay. particularly good, and at least. My fatigue on collecting card backs is complete. I have no interest in any more card backs. Yeah, I, I have one that looks kind of cool, and I'm like, I just don't care anymore. I think I ran out of that right that motivation in about a month. Yeah, so even even hitting the ladder for me now, I'm like, eh. Yeah, exactly. So, That's really the reward is like you can get another cosmetic. Yeah, so this doesn't have. Uh, if anything, this would have some sort of possibly negative impact on me. Like, well, I have a pretty good collection of cards. Over the course of Hearthstone, right? But, uh, now the now there's slightly less useful, sort of, I guess. Not really. Kind of. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This and, controversy is turning into just a massive shrug for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not so bad, especially you know, honestly, uh, the the fact that there still is a ranked wild is uh-huh. kind of like a a quit your whining kind of epiphany for me. It mm-hmm. seems fine. That's yeah. fine. The community itself can ultimately drive then uh, what format is more popular. If everyone's like, I prefer wild, we're going to do that. Yeah. And, you know, now I can honestly be like, well, you know, I'm pretty sick of Dr. Boom. Uh So let's play standard. talk about lumberyard okay well okay so one really exciting thing about lumberyard uh-huh. i want to share with users is uh-huh. that uh in chrome the the web browser from the googles mm-hmm. you can get an extension that's called cloud to butt and probably many of you know about this this is not a <laughs> this is not a new thing um but in case this wasn't on your radar what it does uh it's an extension that takes any instance of the of the word cloud 
often described for, you know, for cloud computing, et cetera, and turns it to but. And then also the cloud gets turned to my but. So yeah. reading about Lumberyard's amazing but-infused uh, <laughs> services was really, really cool and exciting for me. I really enjoyed looking at all the different types of things that they could serve and yeah. and, and present to users using my butt. I always, I always forget that you're a power user of that extension. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, at one point, I meant to say the word... Actually, I reversed it in real life. I, I meant to say butt, and I said cloud. And I was like, oh, man, maybe I should turn this off. Yeah. It's uh, rewiring your brain yeah. in ways that are... Yeah, perhaps, it was, it was, perhaps harmful. It was alarming. <laughs> and then sometimes, uh, like on Reddit, y'all, you'll see people discussing the cloud to butt plugin, and that gets very confusing. I bet. People are like, every time you see the word butt, it says butt. It's amazing. I'm like, I don't, what do you, oh, <laughs> right. God. Yeah, okay. So anyway, uh, that so, was, that's the first best thing about Lumberyard, I yes. think. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know... Uh, Amazon Lumberyard is a, I'm just going to read the marketing copy. Yeah, do it. Because it's pretty good. It's pretty good, but there's also an error in it, which I'm going to leave in to shame them. (laughs) It is a free cross-platform 3D game engine for you to create the highest quality games Uh and connect your games to the vast compute and storage of the AWS cloud (laughs) and engage fans on Twitch. So, specious English, but a robust feature set. (laughs) Robust feature set. <laughs> um, what's interesting to me about this is that it, it seems to be a very obvious like Unity competitor, right? Because mm-hmm. Unity is sort of the uh, the platform du jour for mm-hmm. for indie developers because of its accessibility and because of the you know there's the the basic free version mm-hmm. which which is of course plastered with Unity logos when you actually export content, mm-hmm. um, but. But it does give you the ability to make a game that, you know, it it, it has the fidelity that that a commercial game would have. Um, So, you know, what are your thoughts on on Amazon kind of getting into the game, Um, dipping their toe in? Well, it makes a lot of sense in terms of re-talking about Twitch, purchasing Twitch and like getting Twitch on the train there. It's like, oh, yeah, we can make a Twitch embedded thing and... Mm. um, I like the idea that it is infusing a lot of Amazon's butt services in like interesting ways. Exactly. So that's good. I think it's, I mean, I think that's really cool and interesting. What I was flailing around for, I was like, show me some games that have been made in this, please. And that's all still incoming. So I have not yet grabbed it and tried to make something with it. Um, The capabilities sound good, but everything sounds good when you're reading the copy. So. Um, I'll be interesting to see in the next few months as people start cranking out prototypes in it and see what happens. Also, VR is coming soon, right? So that's uh-huh. that'll be also interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So one thing that's really interesting to me about this is the um, the feature that is specifically focused about creating multiplayer games and attaching them to their uh, their cloud service. Um, you know, you wanted to. I'm say not going to do it though. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the way that it actually scales up. Yes. Um, to to meet player demand, I think that to me. I don't know. I, I used to do kind of garage games with 
with my friends in high school. And that was always the thing that we ran up against is we had these ambitions about making some kind of persistent multiplayer thing that lived on a server. And mm -hmm. the, the, the server end of it was always the, the blocker. Like we just, you know, well, first of all, we were teenagers, so we didn't really know what we were doing in general, but mm -hmm. it was, <clears throat> it was hard to find something that, that would integrate like seamlessly. So it's, that to me is, is very exciting is the idea that you can kind of create a persistent world using this tool. Mm -hmm. And I th like to me, that's, I don't know, one of the most compelling iterations of game design in general. I really like persistence and like a shared persistence. Oh, right? okay. Um, so, so yeah, I think that making that accessible to indie developers could lead to some very innovative, interesting stuff that is just not being done by the large studios. Yep. We'll see though, because that, that, is, that is one of the, spots where Amazon turns on the dollars, right? right. If you want to if you want to make a single player game with no multiplayer interactivity or any no service integration. Yep. Lumberyard is free, free, free. Right. Well, so do you see this as something that Filament would ever use or ever dabble in? I think so. Cuz we I, use Unity, right? I mean, yeah. we're we're basically Unity shop at this point. If the premium version would live up to kind of what we need to accomplish as a studio, I don't know. There's nothing in the attractive uh web-based pamphlet that implies that uh it would not be up to the task of making some really cool stuff. Mm. I have not read any developer experiences or seen any things made with it yet. Yeah. Um so I can't say for sure certainly a thing to keep an eye on for sure yeah hmm. so I'm, I'm trying to remember it was like probably in the past five or six years there was a point where HTML5 was was getting hyped Mm -hmm. as kind of a, a flash replacement mm -hmm. that would that would like replace flash improve on it and mm -hmm. be a lot easier to use and mm -hmm. i think that since then um it has emerged as is not that right it's yeah. it's it's actually quite difficult to optimize mm -hmm. an interactive experience in html5 um so can you kind of talk to like what that in terms of was there more pressure from the client side to use HTML5 and was there um, was there a lot of difficult conversations going on with those clients to kind of like, you know, because they've, they've got the media hype on one end and then the developers being like, well, no, actually, if you open this up, yes. there's quite a bit of closet, uh, skeletons in this closet, yes. or closets in the skeleton, either way. Um, teeny, teeny closets <laughs> yeah. inside the skeleton. Tiny, tiny closets. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, can you like? What was it like, kind of navigating that? It was a mess. Yeah, right. I mean, Fair we basically <laughs> had to describe to clients: this is a terrible time to pick a platform mm -hmm. um, because not HTML5 as a standard was still being uh, and still is being bickered over in terms of exactly what features will work in which browsers in which way. Yep. Right, so that it never achieved uh, make it once for all the things. Right. And there are certainly, especially older versions of browsers that are still just disasters. Um, but like the real gap for HTML5, um, which is getting better, is the tools. There were no tools, right? I see. And I think when you talk about Flash, what Flash did is that it made a... Flash had an actual creative environment that allowed 
multiple types of disciplines work together to make a thing. So artists could import art, work on layers and animations. Mm. Programmers could write code. It was actually an integrated collaborative environment, whereas HTML5, especially when it first came out, the only tools are were code. You write, you could write things, mm-hmm. and you could, uh, and that was it. And so, just doing things like making a button with some rollovers, like it's like, well, you're on your own. Like so, uh, everything was ground up from the ground up to start, and that's obviously a million times better now. There's more libraries supporting more types of functionality, um, and there's there are now libraries specifically to support more game-like functions. Um, but I wouldn't say those are like mature. Those like they just kind of exist. Okay. And uh, when you embark in HTML5 development now, you're like, well, get ready for getting ready for a rough road. Right. Every time we make a decision about trying to do something that would be very natural to get away with in Flash or Unity, sometimes there's no no natural solution in HTML5 yet, and we've got to cobble it together ourselves. Yeah, and well, and those trade-offs are a lot more tightly balanced, are they not? Mm-hmm. Like, you, if you add more fidelity here, you're going to, um, I don't know, sacrifice audio. That, that's that's repeatedly, um, you know, re- reading um, Stephen Callender's blog post, Getting the Most Out of HTML5. Oh, wow. At the Film and Games Look blog. Yeah. Um, he, he talks about, at length, about how audio is, is one of the most challenging things to optimize. Yep. Well, so, you know, going back to, to Unity, um, I think what what I th- what the studio is valuing about it as we kind of use it as a core platform is that it, it has that same shared creative environment, right, mm-hmm. that, that you were talking about for Flash as an advantage. Yeah. Um, and I know you're, so you're working on games right now. I am. Right? You're, you're, you must be up in Unity. I sharing am. Sharing creative stuff. I'm up in Unity's grill. All right. So what um, are you doing in there? Oh, it's fun. Um, we have a... A project that has some motion comics. Okay. So that's an integration of a written script working with subject matter expertise uh, and then art. Mm-hmm. And I'm porting those into a dynamic sort of moving comic into the game. So I'm laying out the panels based on the art team's recommendations and, and wiring up the animations and stuff. Uh, one of our developers, Alex Beauchene, actually developed the motion comic tool that I'm using. And oh, it's great. That's amazing. Yeah, the tool is awesome. And... Uh, we're trying to figure out what the name of it should be, and apparently we've named several tools after Boshane as he creates them because he's just great at making tools. And yeah. I wanted to call this one the Boshaneinator, <laughs> but he's opposed. He's bitterly opposed, <laughs> which I I respect. So we've gone through other names, and uh, the the last one that almost stuck was Euler, named after Steven's dog. Okay, um, but then it turns out there already is an Euler app out there. So, so we're not sure what to call this thing. So that's a, a TBD. So if any listeners have got some great ideas for what to name a motion comic tool. Ooh. And then, yeah, uh, we're taking calls right now. Yeah, we're taking calls. <laughs> the phones are live. Yeah, first call. First call. <laughs> any final thoughts about using Unity for game design? Any recommendations to to young aspiring indie developers Um, with stars in their eyes? It's good. I mean, there's tons of assets. All right. You can go grab stuff. You can try... If your core gameplay mechanics are along the lines of walking around in a 3D space and touching or, and or shooting things, like Unity's got a whole bunch of tools ready to rock, um, it's 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 a great place to start. I mean, if I was just starting from scratch on a thing too, though, I'd definitely check out Lumberyard and see what they've got. Yeah. Because uh, it's new, it's shiny, and uh, it may have some legs up on Unity that I'm not yet aware of. And yep. 
uh, obviously Amazon's got the clout to like push and make it a thing. So it's clout uh, and the cloud. They've got they've got clout and butt. <sighs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, just what? Contronyms <laughs> at this hour. So, Bound. Bound? That's the one I'm going with today. This one's like maybe a C. Maybe. Because there's, I assume it's like bound, like you're, you can bound across a field, so you're moving, or you can be bound like you're tied up. Well, so the the, the way that dailywritingtips.com uh-huh. <laughs> so it's either heading to a direction uh-huh. or restrained from movement. Oh, okay. Well, so that's, I think it fits. That's better. That's it's better a, than my interpretation. It's a B, B minus. Yeah, I'm gonna upgrade it. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't feel really like opposites, though. I mean, you. I mean, it's true that you can't be. Well, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying. I was like, we can't be bound and then also bound for somewhere. But then I thought of you like being tied up and thrown in the hold of a ship. That's yeah. So you can't be bound and bound. Right. Ugh. Right. Well, right. It's true. Yeah. All right. Well, on this, a day on a day full of controversies. Yes. <laughs> this is an this is another one. This I mean it's, it's not terrible. It's not a it's not a disgrace to contronyms everywhere. B minus. B minus yeah. to bound. Yeah. <laughs> the contronym corner where we surface and rate contronyms. Yes. <laughs> Score them. This is that's the unique service, right? <laughs> There's people out there who will tell you contronyms, but we're the only authority on on the podcast that will actually give you guidance on which ones are best. Yes. That's so tune in next tune week. Tune in next week. <laughs> and we'll tell you what contronyms that you should adopt. Thanks for listening to the Film and Games Podcast. If you'd like to hear more about games, game-based learning, and well-informed, accurate observations about sports and such, subscribe today on Stitcher or iTunes. 